What is up, everybody, and welcome back to Thou Shalt Listen, Randomness Reimagined. Uh, We're coming to you today with a couple different things that we had for you. Uh, Hunter has picked one, and I have picked one. Yeah. So, also, guys, uh, if the audio is messed up on this, you might not know, but we are attempting to record a video version of this as well to upload to a YouTube channel, Thou Shalt Listen YouTube. Yeah, under the same name. So, that way, if we ever have any photos or anything like that that we want to put into it, we can edit them into the video. Yeah. Uh, It won't be every week that there will be a photo or anything like that. Sometimes it's just going to be us on YouTube talking like we talk in the podcast, but we're going to go ahead and do this. So, first, we're going to go to the one that Hunter picked for this week, the top 10 most notorious hacking groups of all time. And we're going to lead straight into that with the number one hacking group of all time, Anonymous. Y'all all know this, people, if you're in the... Y'all know these people if you're in the computer space whatsoever. Yep. I mean, they're not led by anybody or anything. They're just a uh, just an organization of random people. Um, they're not even an organization. Yeah, they're, they're a decentralized group that originated in 2003 on 4chan. People who have been on the internet for a while know what 4chan is. Yeah, leaderness. The little little. Leaderless organization, they project themselves as cyber guardians of human rights and vow to fight against injustice through the weapon of hacking. Uh, They're known for projecting themselves as a vigilante group. Uh, They're recognized by the use of the Guy Fox mask from V for Vendetta. I think we use that in a, and we mentioned that mask in another podcast we did. We did. Well, I believe. Uh, These guys have actually... I mean, they protested against the Church of Scientology. They have taken on Islamic State, WikiLeaks, child pornography, copyright protection, occupied movements, etc. They actually did a couple famous operations (laughs) known as Op Saudi, Op Paris, and Op ISIS, where they hacked the Pentagon and attacks against Visa, PayPal, and MasterCard for refusing payments to WikiLeaks. In 2012, Time Magazine named Anonymous as its list of 100 on its list of uh, 100 most influential people in the world. <laughs> Number two. What a way to get on the list. And we're going to try to move through these a little bit quick, y'all, because we only have a 30-minute time window, uh, and they have a whole bunch of information on each of these groups. But we're going to try to move through them quick. We're going to summarize it basically. Yeah. Number two, Syrian Electric Electronic Army supports Bashar al-Assad. So this was founded in 2011. Uh, it's the only only duty of the Syrian Electronic Army uh, is to support the Bashar al-Assad government through launching of cyber attacks involving phishing, DDoS, malware, and spamming. They're known to have targeted social media accounts of famous personalities like Barack Obama and former French President Nicolas Sarkozy. The precise nature of the relationship with the Syrian government is not fully clear. Uh, The group initially claimed to be a group of enthusiastic Syrian youth, who could not stay passive towards the massive distortion of facts about the recent uprising in Syria, only to remove this claim from their website later. Many experts actually believe that the group has been formed by the Syrian government itself. Uh, But there is no proof of that, I believe. There is no proof of that. In February 2015, the New York Times stated that American intelligence officials suspected the group is actually Iranian. However, no proof of this was ever provided as well. Uh, Number three... Tar and Dishon. And guys, if I'm pronouncing these wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, It's believed that this group uh, comprises of about 20 highly skilled individuals and was formed in Iran as a response to the Stuxnet worm attack, which Iran attributed to a joint U.S.-Israel operation. Uh, With Operation Cleaver, the group announced its arrival on the global cybersecurity scene as a force to be reckoned with. 
Operation Cleaver targeted critical infrastructure, including military installations, oil and gas industry, energy and utilities, airports, transportation, hospitals, etc., in 16 different countries. It is said that the group successfully compromised U.S. Navy servers, though this has never been confirmed. The technique used by the group includes SQL injection, automated worm-like propagation systems, and backdoors. Number four, we have Lizard Squad. And I've actually heard of Lizard Squad. I love this name, and I've actually heard of this group. They are a black hat hacking group mainly involved in targeting gaming websites, which is why we've heard of them. However, the group gained wide frame when it hacked into Malaysian Airlines' website and defaced it with the message 404 plane not found, which I love. I'm sorry, that kind of made me laugh. Uh, when I first read this. This was a reference to flight MH370 that was lost with 239 people. When we were researching this topic, that kind of that kind of made me laugh. They've um, also attacked Facebook, Sony, and Xbox. Although Facebook denied, Facebook. right? Mm-hmm. Facebook denied any hack, but their service was down for some time due to DDoS attacks carried out allegedly by Lizard Squad. Some members of the group were arrested in the US and UK following their hacking into Sony and Xbox servers. Number five, Bureau 121. This is actually North Korea's cyber warfare agency and is part of their General Bureau of Reconnaissance of the North Korea's military. Created primary, back in 1998. 1998. The primary targets of Bureau 20, 121 has been South Korea and the United States. As per a report created by Reuters, the agency is manned by North Korea's most talented individuals hired from the University of Automation and Pyongyang. The individuals mostly do not work from North Korea but are spread across the globe. The reason might be poor internet infrastructure in North Korea, and the families of these individuals get special benefits at home in North Korea. Bureau 121 came to prominence in December 2014 when Sony Pictures canceled the release of its movie The Interview after its computers were hacked and blamed Bureau 121 for the hack, which it denied. Recently, South Korea has accused them for conducting GPS jammings aimed at South Korea. Mm. Number six. I love this name, too. TM Poison. It's actually Team Poison. Team Poison. Well, it's the way it's spelled. Yeah. Uh, Computer Security Research Group, compromising of three to five members. Comprising, sorry. Uh, The group gained notoriety in 2011-2012 for the black hacking activities against NASA, the United Nations, NATO, and Facebook, Daily Mail website, and English Defense League. Uh, This included the account of former UK Prime Minister Tony Blair. Uh, The group was started in 2010 by a 16-year-old who went by the name of Trick. The group disbanded in 2012 following the arrest of Trick and the other core members who went by the pseudonym MLT. In 2015, the group reportedly resurfaced as White Hat Security Research Group. Number seven, Network Crack Program Hacker Group. You couldn't come up with anything better. I'm calling them NHCP like they do on here because I'm not saying that all again. They couldn't come up with anything. This, right. This is actually the mo- one of the most prominent Chinese hacking groups based out of Zigong in Suchan Province founded in 94, and is believed to be funded by the People's Liberation Army of China. The founder of the group, Tan Dillian, is supposedly a member of the Liberation Army. It came into prominence after it hacked into 40% of the hacker association websites in China, gained international media attention in 2007 when iDefense linked the Jin Wurotuk kit developed by Tan Dillian, uh, Wicked Rose, to the 2006 cyber attacks on the U.S. Department of Defense. Number eight. Tailored Access Operations, or TAO, is a cyber warfare unit of National Security Agency of the United States of America. The group is largely involved in intelligence gathering since 98. The primary task of TAO is what NASA, or sorry, the NSA, terms as (laughs) computer network exploitation. 
It involves intelligence gathering by infiltrating into the computer systems used by foreign entities. As per the document leaked by former NSA contractor Edward Snowden, the group has software templates which allow it to break into commonly used hardware like routers, switches, and firewalls from multiple product vendor lines. According to the Washington Post, TAO engineers prefer to tap networks instead of isolated computers because of the large number of devices available on a single network. Well, of course. You got yeah, like, makes sense. You get all of them instead of just one. You get like bokus of, of... Information. Yeah, and devices. <coughs> Number nine, LulzSec. <clears throat> the group derived its name from the term Lulz, which means fun or laughter derived at another's expense. As per the group, their motto <laughs> is the world's leaders in high-quality entertainment at your expense, laughing at your security since 2011. The group was founded in 2011 and came to prominence when they hacked the website of Fox News. It was followed by the hacking of the website of Sony Pictures and the CIA. In 2012, the group had to close down due to the arrest of its members by FBI, to which information was strangely provided by the group's leader, Sebu. Sebu. <laughs> Number 10, Global Health. It was a hacking group founded by Patrick Gregory, who went by the name of Most Hate B. The group was composed of about 60 members and were notorious for hacking around 115 websites and destroying their data, causing millions of dollars worth of damage to the organizations. One of the group members, Chad Davis, hacked into the Army computers at the Pentagon and defaced the Army internet homepage with the message, Global Hell is alive, Global Hell will not die. In 1999, it was disbanded when 12 members were prosecuted for computer intrusion and 30 for other lesser offenses. Dang. Right? I want to know what the other 30 did, though, you know? Right? <laughs> lesser offenses? So, guys, that's the top 10 hacking, most notorious hacking groups of all time. And now we're going to move on to my We choice. got another good one here for you. Tyler got a good Mine course. is not a top 10 list, guys. I didn't know. Mine is actually a story. story here. Well, it ain't little. It, it's a long one. Yeah. So, y'all ready for this? Some of y'all may know about this. This is the U.S. US Navy's most unlucky ship that almost killed a U.S. president. And things only got worse from there. So, guys, we're talking about the USS William D. Porter. It was a Fletcher-class destroyer built during World War II. Known to its crew as Willie D., the destroyer was, without a doubt, the unluckiest ship in U.S. Navy history. So it was accident-prone, okay? Uh, it was named after Commodore William D. Porter, a Civil War hero, who was so committed to the Navy that he stowed away on a warship at the age of 12 and enlisted at 15. The Porter <laughs> was launched on September 27, 1942, and commissioned in July of 1943. After a shakedown and training period, it was ordered to leave Norfolk and join the battleship USS Iowa for escort duty in 43. Porter left port for its first real mission on November 12th. While it was pulling out of line, its anchor got caught on a neighboring destroyer and ripped out some of the other ship's railing, a lifeboat, and pieces of the <laughs> ship. Undamaged itself, the Porter rendezvoused with the Iowa and other destroyers for an important mission, escorting President Franklin Roosevelt to Tehran for meetings with Allied leaders. Oh, no. Yeah, you see where this is going. To maximize security, the ships were to maintain radio silence until they reached their destination, communicating only through signal lights. <laughs> this is normal during war. A day into the journey, a sudden underwater explosion caused the entire formation to take evasive action, believing they were being attacked by a submarine. <laughs> it was oh. not a submarine. <laughs> it turned out that the explosion was actually caused by one of Porter's depth charges, which had been armed and accidentally <laughs> rolled off the back of the ship. <laughs> Shortly after the depth charge mishap, Porter was hit by a freak wave without warning. One sailor was lost, a boiler room was flooded, and the captain had to break radio silence to tell the USS Iowa why they were lagging behind. On November 14th, it gets better. 
Roosevelt, a naval enthusiast who had served as assistant secretary of the Navy, asked for a demonstration of Iowa's anti-aircraft capabilities. The battleship sent up multiple target balloons and gunners on its deck set about shooting them down. A few of the balloons drifted towards Porter, whose crew also shot them down. The accompanying destroyers then demonstrated mock torpedo attack runs. Torpedoes primers were supposed to be removed to ensure they wouldn't exit the tubes when they were fired. Uh-oh. Porter got into position about 6,000 yards from Iowa and commenced its attack. As planned, the first two torpedoes did not leave their tubes when fired. However, you see this. The mm-hmm. third torpedo's primer was still in place, and it shot out of its tube heading for the USS Iowa. Pandemonium erupted on Porter after being admonished for breaking radio silence. The captain was reluctant to warn the Iowa by radio and ordered a warning be sent by signal light instead. But in the haste and confusion, they sent the wrong message, instead signaling Iowa that the destroyer was reversing at full speed. (laughs) Realizing the mistake, Porter broke radio silence and warned Iowa of the threat. Iowa turned to avoid the torpedo, which exploded about 3,000 yards to the rear of the battleship in its wake. All of Iowa's guns were then immediately trained on Porter as there were fear of an assassination plot. Porter was ordered to sail to Bermuda, where its crew was arrested. Chief Torpedo Man Lawton Davis, sorry, Dawson, admitted to failing to remove the primer and was sentenced to 14 years of hard labor. But Roosevelt personally intervened and requested that Dawson's sentence and any others given out for the incident be rescinded. Roosevelt himself had asked his Secret Service detachment to move his wheelchair to the railing of the Iowa so could he, he could see the torpedo when he heard of its firing. <laughs> Roosevelt was a boss, man. Yeah. Like he straight up was like, "Oh, they fired a torpedo at us. Put me next to the rail. I want to see it." He was the real OG gangster in that, right? <laughs> Porter was then transferred to the Pacific after this incident. For a while, its life was relatively normal. Operating out of Alaska, it conducted anti-submarine patrols near the Aleutian Islands and even raided the Japanese-controlled Kuril Islands in June of 1944. Surprised it didn't get destroyed. Oh, there. just wait. In late September, Porter was ordered to the Western Pacific, where it escorted ships and provided shore bombardment for American troops during the liberation of Luzon in the Philippines. The destroyer even managed to shoot down four Japanese aircraft and sink a few Japanese barges. On March 24th of 1945, Porter joined the naval force for the Battle of Okinawa, where it conducted shore bombardment and anti-submarine patrols, escorted minesweepers, and provided anti-aircraft support for the task force. It also downed another five enemy planes. But it's bad luck returned. First, when it accidentally raked the destroyer USS Luce with gunfire during an air attack earlier in the battle. And then on June 10th, when a Japanese Aichi D-3A Val dive bomber attempted a kamikaze attack on the Porter as it operated off of Okinawa. The Porter managed to dodge the Val, which crashed into the water. But the aircraft's momentum and the ocean's current pushed the plane directly under Porter's hull, where it exploded momentarily lifting the porter out of the water. For three hours, the crew fought fires and desperately tried to repair the ship, but the damage was too great and the porter was abandoned. In its final moments, Porter appeared to have some luck as not a single crew member was killed or seriously injured in the attack. All crewmen managed to evacuate before the destroyer slipped beneath the waves, ending the career of the unluckiest ship in U.S. Navy history. And that was the story of the USS William D. Porter which almost killed a sitting U.S. president. And he wanted to watch torpedo. And he wanted to watch it happen. <laughs> so, guys, that's the two we have today. We're not going to be doing a lot of crazy long stories going forward. It's mostly just going to be, like, 
funny stuff like that, top 10 list, uh, random stuff. Yeah. Don't expect us to be doing like a story that's like 45 minutes long unless we absolutely want to cover it. Well, if we... that's the case, we may just do a random video and you have to watch it on YouTube. Yeah, it could be an ex YouTube exclusive. So, but. So. Because we don't have 45 minutes on Exactly. The, uh, we can't podcast. record for 45 minutes. <laughs> and just to let you guys know before we head out of here, we are everywhere now. Yes, we are. Radio, Pandora, Stitcher, everywhere that you can get your podcast, we are there. So Ooh. check us out. <coughs> have fun. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, this episode of uh, Thou Shalt Listen. Randomness reimagined. God bless you. Have a good one, guys. Y'all have a good one.